New information has emerged about a man who was physically attacked by Antifa in Portland at the last Patriot Prayer Rally just a few weeks ago. Video from Mike Bivens shows a man fighting over an American flag with some anti-fascists. One of the anti-fascists begins striking the man with a club before bashing him over the head. The man falls down, clutching his head. Blood pours out. It turns out the man was rushed to the emergency room to receive stitches, and he suffered a concussion. We've now learned that this man is a registered Democrat and Bernie Sanders voter. He showed up to the rally to protest Patriot Prayer and the Proud Boys, and he even called them fascists. However, Antifa said the American flag was a fascist symbol and tried to take it from him. He refused to let it go. He wanted to make a point about true Americans and a liberal city in Portland. And unfortunately, Antifa physically attacked him, injuring him and sending him to the emergency room. Antifa absolutely has attacked innocent people. And there are a lot of news stories and statements made by personalities, by activists, by activists pretending to be journalists, where they claim that Antifa only fights the far right. But we've heard many stories of innocent people, people who are not fascists, who are not white supremacists, who are then called fascists, and that name-calling is used to justify physical assault on innocent people. Like this story, it's another instance of a man who was doing nothing wrong, who was bashed over the head and sent to the hospital. And now we're learning about this from the Oregonian. A lot of people are spreading this meme around where they claim that Antifa violence actually stopped the Nazis from showing up in Charlottesville. But this is just propaganda from Antifa. The violence actually doesn't work. And in many instances throughout the past year, members of the far right and conservatives knew that they would generate press if Antifa physically opposed them. But in their own words, what actually stopped many people from showing up to support Unite the Right was a fear of journalists and journalism. Because when these photos emerged from the last Unite the Right and people saw the faces of these individuals attending this rally, they had a hard time holding their jobs. They were kicked out of schools and apartments. They were banned from various apps and services. Because it turns out, as Bill Maher stated, you can go out and say these things in your own you know, private life. But when people learn about these views you have, it turns out they're not going to like you so much. So actually, it was the press that actually enabled some online activists that actually helped hinder those who would attend the Unite the Right rally from showing up and not physical violence, especially not physical violence on average people. So today, let's take a look at what happened to this man, Paul Welch, when he was physically attacked in Portland. And let's take a look at what actually suppressed the alt-right from showing up in Charlottesville. But before we get started, please head over to patreon.com forward slash TimCast to help support my work. This is what I do for a living, so if you like these videos and you want to see more like it, and you want to see more on-the-ground reporting and interviews, then please consider becoming a patron to help me continue doing this work today. The story from the Oregonian, he brought an American flag to protest fascism in Portland, then Antifa attacked him. First, let's take a look at the actual video, which was recorded by journalist Mike Bivens. And I'm going to give you a warning, just like they do, graphic content.
I want to point out is that in arguments I've had with far-left activists and anti-fascists is that they claim, oh, that there was no power in that strike on the man's head. Oh, it was a weak love tap. That's not going to cause any real damage. And it seems like most people don't understand how severe these kinds of attacks are. In my opinion, it's because of movies. You know, people watch movies and they see these really extreme and aggressive maneuvers. They misunderstand how guns work. People get their idea of violence from movies and from fiction. In reality, this was a devastating attack. That strike with the club could have been lethal. Some people have likened the attack to a rabbit punch. A rabbit punch is a blow to the back of the head or to the base of the skull. It is considered especially dangerous because it can damage the cervical vertebrae and subsequently the spinal cord, which may lead to serious and irreparable spinal cord injury. A rabbit punch can also detach the victim's brain from the brainstem, which can kill instantly. The rabbit punch is illegal in boxing, MMA, and other combat sports that involve striking. The only exceptions are no-holds-barred events, such as the International Volley Tudo Championship. And I'm not saying it's identical to a rabbit punch, but it was a strike with a club to the back of the head that left a man with a concussion. Paul Welch came to the downtown protest August 4th to let his political leanings be known. With pride, he clutched his U.S. flag as he moved among the crowd of like-thinking demonstrators. Soon, a group of black-clad anti-fascist protesters, also known as Antifa, demanded he lose the flag, calling it a fascist symbol. Welch refused, and a tug-of-war ensued. It ended with Welch taking a club to the back of the head, laying on the ground in a pool of his own blood. Only Welch was not a proud boy, a Patriot Prayer supporter, or among the other conservative activists who descended into the area that day, many from out of town. He was one of the hundreds of progressive Portlanders who had turned out to oppose the right-wing rally held at the Tom McCall Waterfront Park. We can see this photo of the bandage and gauze on his head and the blood. The attack on him was relatively serious. The caption reads, Paul Welch suffered a concussion after an anti-fascist activist hit him over the head with a club during a demonstration against Patriot Prayer in Portland August 4th. Many have assumed the tussle over a U.S. flag placed Welch squarely in the right-wing camp. Not so. I felt like showing that a liberal, free Portland, or any major city really is much more American and much more numerous and strong than any of these interloping groups. A slightly progressive leftist, by his telling. Welch is a registered Democrat in Oregon, voting records show. He cast his ballot for Bernie Sanders in the 2016 presidential primary and Hillary Clinton in the general election, he said. As Welch and the counter-protesters wrangled of the flag, another masked counter-protester begins to strike Welch's body from behind using a weapon concealed in black fabric. That person then uses the weapon to club Welch on the back of the head, causing him to collapse instantly. The demonstrator with the weapon wanders off. My bones turned to jello, and I just went down, said Welch, who believes he was struck with a metal object affixed to the end of a weapon. The video shows a crowd of onlookers watching as Welch lay on the ground in a fetal position. Another counter-protester holding a shield appears to stand above the injured man and jabs him with a makeshift weapon. I remember thinking there was a very good chance that I could be beaten to death, Welch said. It took four staples to close the three-inch gash in the back of his head. He spent the next two days recovering from a concussion, though he was able to return to work. That week, Welch filed a police report. Sergeant Chris Burley, a Portland police spokesman, confirmed the Bureau opened an investigation into the incident. F.E. Baum, a spokesperson with Popular Mobilization, a group that helped organize the counter-protest at City Hall, declined to comment for this story. So now we have the story of a registered Democrat, a progressive, someone who voted for Bernie Sanders and then Hillary Clinton, who was bashed over the back of the head for carrying an American flag. And many people stood around and watched it happen. 
I've seen many things like this. The crowd won't intervene because they don't know who you are and they don't care. If someone in a crowd points to you and yells Nazi, the crowd will probably just start attacking you. And this is what people miss in the conversation about Antifa. Are we talking about activists protecting their identities who want to protest against neo-Nazis? No, we're not. Because that's not what happened in this case. Someone showed up protecting their identity with some kind of weapon and a shield and injured someone, gave them a concussion, put a gash in the back of their head, and this person was a progressive. Honestly, if someone is speaking in public, you shouldn't bash them with a weapon. That's what free speech is. And I'm not talking about the First Amendment. I'm talking about the right of people in our society to express themselves, something of which many of these people don't understand. So when people complain about Antifa, this is what we are talking about. They are now spreading around propaganda and this idea that physical violence from Antifa on random people is what's stopping the alt-right from organizing, and that is just not true. This is a comic that I highlighted just a couple days ago. In it, it says, how to tell if someone is a Nazi, with your friend, the important pundit. I'm not going to read through it necessarily, but in it, he basically shows a man who can't accurately point out a Nazi while looking at people with Nazi tattoos and wearing Nazi uniforms. However, at the bottom of the comic, you can see the man says, Antifa, what's your story? Antifa responds, Nazis were on the record that they were scared to march this past weekend because of us. The man then says, oh no, a violent Nazi. Only this is not true. And it doesn't necessarily have to be true because it's a silly comic, but in my opinion, it's just more propaganda. Because they're trying to get a point across that Antifa violence stopped the alt-right or Nazis from marching, and that is not true. The Daily Stormer's official stance was, if you show up at this event and you are identified, your life will be ruined. You won't be able to get into a university or get a good job. You probably won't be able to even get into a trade school or join a union. The Daily Stormer is actually on the record saying that if you're identified, you will lose your job and not be successful. And that was the reason they were urging people not to go. And that's why many of the people who did show up wore masks and glasses and helmets so they could not be identified. It had nothing to do with violence. In fact, if you look at Unite the Right One, many of these people showed up prepared for violence with shields and clubs. There's a video of a man drawing a gun and firing it in the direction of the left-wing protesters. And we all know how it ended. A man associated with Unite the Right, who was there at the rally, drove a car into a crowd of people, killing one of them. So I don't see why they're trying to act like getting violent is actually what stopped them when they were on the losing end of the conflict in the first place. Antifa violence has been entirely counterproductive. This story from Vox from August 12th, Antifa clashes with police and journalists in Charlottesville and D.C., Vox is typically left-leaning. It's actually, in my opinion, pretty far left. Not far, far left, but it's on the spectrum of far left. And they say, Antifa says it fights fascists and neo-Nazis, but this weekend members attacked cops and journalists. Then there's this op-ed from the Washington Post a year ago. Yes, Antifa is the moral equivalent of neo-Nazis. And let's not forget the petition. Formally recognize Antifa as a terrorist organization, which was created on August 17th, 2017, and reached 368,423 signatures. Their goal was 100,000. Shortly after this petition, we saw this story. This is from September 4th, only a couple weeks later. Antifa, U.S. security agency's label group domestic terrorists. The Department of Homeland Security has reportedly been warning about growing threats of violence 
between left-wing anarchists and right-wing nationalists since early 2016. The only thing Antifa has accomplished is sullying the name of those who would actually claim to be anti-fascist. At its core, saying you are anti-fascist is a good thing, and I'm pretty sure 99% of Americans agree with that label. The problem arises when someone shows up claiming to be Antifa, flying the banner of Antifa, and then physically assaults a Bernie supporter and puts him in the emergency room. Because then people say they don't want to associate with anti-fascist. And worse still, people form groups like anti-anti-fascist. We should be proud to claim we are anti-fascist and we oppose fascism. Unfortunately, when black-clad individuals take up the moniker and then go and harm innocent people, who would want to identify with that group? In fact, many would then oppose it. Thus, Antifa has been labeled a terrorist group. I think most people want to fight fascism. Most people don't like fascism. And most people don't like communism. Typically, people oppose authoritarianism and support liberty. If you're going to go out and claim to be anti-authoritarian, anti-racist, but then there's videos emerging of white Antifa attacking Black Lives Matter activists, there's videos of Bernie Sanders supporters being bashed over the head, then I'm going to have to assume you are authoritarians. And then I'm not going to be surprised to see that people are calling for you to be labeled terrorists. And I'm really not going to be surprised when activists pretending to be journalists defend Antifa over the Bernie Sanders supporter who was put in the emergency room by a violent authoritarian. It makes me wonder about the principles of these individuals, and I don't think they have any. I think it's two warring factions. Both sides just wants to win. The right is willing to wear shirts in favor of Pinochet because they think it's funny, and the left is willing to fly flags of Stalin because they actually believe it, I guess. And it's hard to know who actually believes what. But it's easy to point out that they fight each other. It's easy to point out that Antifa is going to show up and attack anyone they deem to be a fascist, even if that person is a Bernie voter. Can I say it again? The man who was bashed over the head voted for Hillary Clinton. He voted for Bernie Sanders in the primary. Something is fundamentally wrong with politics at the street level if that's the case. And I want to end by pointing out, once again in no uncertain terms, the press journalism is what prevented the alt-right from showing up at the Unite the Right rally. That's it. They were scared of being identified. Bill Maher recently came out and said, sunlight is the best disinfectant. These people were scared of being exposed and revealed, and it worked. Had nothing to do with Antifa. In fact, Antifa showed up to Charlottesville and got violent and actually made themselves look worse. Because CNN, The Washington Post, and even Vox called out their violence. Unsurprisingly, activists working at the Huffington Post and the Daily Beast defended them. But at any rate, we can see that once again, we have another story of someone who is on the left, a progressive who was put in the hospital because of Antifa. So let me know what you think in the comments below. Is Antifa actually doing good in your opinion, or are they just another group of extremists who are out there committing violence for seemingly no reason? Comment below. We'll keep the conversation going. You can follow me on Twitter at TimCast. Stay tuned. New videos every day at 4 p.m. And new videos on my second channel, youtube.com slash TimCastNews, starting at 6 p.m., Thank you all so much for watching, and I will see you all next time.